Welcome to the Dope CFO Podcast, where you can find the best information for accountants and bookkeepers that want to start and grow a highly profitable and flexible remote cannabis accounting firm with your host, Andrew Hunziker. Now that's dope. Hey everybody, this is Andrew Hunziker, CPA, also CFO, founder of Dope CFO as well. Um, quick about my background, I've been a CPA for over 25 years, was at a big four, um, including PricewaterhouseCoopers. I won the gold medal award for the highest score in the CPA exam, as well as was runner up for the Portland, Oregon Business Journal CFO of Year Award in 2017. And I was the first ever cannabis CFO to be nominated. Done lots of startup work as well. Um, and love um, teaching all of our community. We have now over 500 people in all 50 states in our Dope CFO program. Hello, everybody. This is Andrew Hunziker, CPA from Dope CFO. And we've got a really awesome call today. We're going to talk about using the cannabis industry as a force for good and setting up B Corps. Super excited to have Brad Green on the show. He's an Australian CPA um, all the way over in Australia where, where cannabis is moving forward rapidly as well. And so this is going to be a really cool show to um, we're all going to learn a lot, including me. Um, so let's before we jump into the B Corp stuff, let me Brad, why don't I let you tell me about your background, how you got into accounting and kind of how you got into the cannabis niche. Yeah, awesome. Um, thanks so much for having me on the podcast. It's um, kind of funny. It's come full circle. I remember listening to this actually while I was in um, California, um, while I was sort of making up the decision to, to do the Dope CFO program. Um, but yeah, mate, I, I sort of started, yeah, fair few years ago now in accounting. Um, sort of did a little bit of that at university and saw to myself that I'd never actually do accounting. But uh, <laughs> as... Um, as things go, yeah, I ended up um, sort of getting into the workforce. And once I sort of started doing the CPA studies, um, I really enjoyed accounting and I realised you can actually have quite a big influence in a business um, in an accounting finance role. Um, and, yeah, so over the years kind of did that. And um, a couple of years ago I was sort of looking to do a little bit of travel and also work. So I kind of worked in accounting roles remotely. Around, um, around Latin America and then in uh, California as well after that. So, yeah, it's been a pretty good journey, actually. I never really thought that I'd get around so much with um, a <laughs> bit of accounting knowledge. But, yeah, that's sort of how I came into accounting and, and just with the, the cannabis side of things. Um, yeah, I was just visiting, doing a bit of traveling in um, California at the time. Um, but there was a bit of, bit of the covid COVID going on so one of our friends had a farm um, over there I was traveling with my girlfriend at the time and yeah we decided to just pop in and check it out see what it's all about didn't really know too much about cannabis cultivation at all so just popped in saw it and yeah just became really curious after that did and that was that when you were living in Costa Rica yeah so I sort of I was living in Costa Rica. I'd, I'd worked a, a contract for a festival over there. Okay. Um, and then through that uh, festival itself, we met a lot of people from California who just said, yeah, pop up and visit whenever you like. I'd always sort of wanted yeah. to get up to Cali. So, 
yeah originally went up there with just the the idea to just travel up and down the coast but um yeah got a little bit sidetracked but it was meant to be i think yeah that's awesome i mean you're just yeah in the middle of the pandemic where most of us are not traveling at all you are just all over the whole entire world so that's that's awesome as well <laughs> um why don't we jump into what kind of where your background and your company um what are the unique skills and traits that you bring or your firm brings um and and serving cannabis companies in general yeah i think um the thing with me is i've all of my background's not in public public accounting so i've got a fair bit of experience in controller and sort of cfo yeah. roles um from the ground up really i definitely learned on the tools so i've kind of done yeah. everything um so yeah i kind of get get what it's like i understand um what people are dealing with if they're doing their own books or (laughs) they're outsourcing um and yeah i sort of i have a bit of hands-on experience obviously from being over in cali um working with a cultivator so i kind of get what's actually going on i've seen it hands-on and i see the sort of challenges they have and see how cool it can also be um and yeah, the, the other thing for me as well is just um, I've worked for companies that are 100% remote, so kind of across how to deal with that. Um, yeah, yeah that pretty confident, cool. pretty confident with that. And yeah, the other part that we're obviously going to talk about is um, yeah, going through the B Corp um, certification process. So we'll talk about this in a bit, but yeah, I just felt that it was the the path that I wanted to go down. So for, for myself. And the firm, and then also for for clients, if we can direct them in that that way, then that's awesome. Well, um, yeah, this is a really um, cool topic, and um, I knew a little bit about B Corps and that you could form it. I didn't even know you could become a B Corp certified, um, so I'm super excited to hear about about that. And so, tell us a little bit more about the the B Corp models, their purpose in cannabis, um, and also just even like I thought this was actually a U.S. kind of corp, or is this something that's global? Because um, it, it's a really amazing thing that we we definitely need for our planet. That's for certain. Yeah, I totally agree. There's there's kind of like there's two two types of B corps actually. So one is the the actual legal entity, which is in sort of most states in the U.S., not all of them yet. Um, and then there's also an independent. Uh, verification body called B Lab, which can also ver- uh, verify your company as a B Corp. Um, it might just be that you have a different structure. You might have an LLC or something, but then you've got some other document that's actually creating some kind of legal obligation to not necessarily prioritize profit um, at all costs. It's really so that there is um, there's a space for purpose too. So you're actually meant to be looking out for all stakeholders, not just shareholders. And so that's, and you're talking about there, and you talk about NGOs, non-governmental organizations, um, and how um, B Corps are kind of similar in a way, but different, and, so, and, and balancing that profit with purpose. So they're, yeah, they still got a profit purpose. So a couple of questions I had right off the bat, do you, on the tax, so say I have an LLC or whatever, and I have a farm, and I go B Corp and get certified, but I'm a say I'm a C corp. Do I still yep. file federal taxes as a C corp? But I still have that B corp kind of status. Yeah, it's re- it's really it's mainly for the for the directors in the business so that they 
if something happens legally, then they're acting in all stakeholders' interests rather than just shareholders. Okay. Um, but you're still, yeah, it's not a, it's not a non-profit. It's a uh, for-profit, ent- for-profit entity still. But you would still file taxes as the C-Corp from the IRS yep. viewpoint or whatever. And then, um, but the B-Corp status, and, and do they have to be certified every year? I mean, how do those, the B-Lab people come over and make sure that farm is, is really doing things on the up and up or whatever, or donating part of their proceeds or whatever that is? Yeah, it's a, it's an ongoing verification process. So um, every couple of years, they'll do an in-depth review. The first one, obviously, is very intense. Um, but the whole idea is to, to get yourself a score, how you're performing in these different areas, um, and to improve that over time. So is that what your role would be then? So, like, you're certified by B-Lab, and then you can come out there and be the person to help them do the whole scoring and testing and whatnot? Yeah, I, I mean, I've, I have a partner who would do that. Um, she's an actual B Corp consultant. Um, I just reached out to her quite a while ago just because I was interested to, to know what the process was actually like. I sort of read quite a bit about it and seen a few different companies that seem to be doing pretty good things. So I wanted to know what the actual process was like. And um, she actually provided some pro bono work for me to get going, um, which is really awesome. And if, if we get into that situation where a client's interested, then I'd sort of let her take the reins there. Yeah. But are you, but once you're certified as a B, B Corp consultant, are, is, it, is it a service offering you're going to offer through your firm as well? Yeah, except I, I won't be the individual that's certified. It'll be Kiara. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you're not the one. Yep. Okay. The individual. Okay. I got it. So, um, so let me let me ask you know, what inspired you to learn about and implement these different kind of models? I think it was just really, yeah, just being involved in the accounting game. You sort of there's a real focus on bottom line um, at the expense of all else a lot of the time. So um, I was always kind of reckoning with this thing of obviously you need to make money to to have an impact as well. So. Um, I sort of did some NGO stuff back in Australia where I was working with an organization, but I, I really noticed then that the people that are in those places, they're super motivated. They are extremely passionate and they know exactly why they're doing what they're doing. Um, but a lot of the time they're like struggling for resources. So even though they've got great, great people to be delivering programs and stuff that for-profit entities aren't necessarily doing, they don't have the resources to do it. <laughs> So yeah. I was trying to wrap my head around, you know, what's like, is there something in between that's going to work? Um, and that's kind of where I came across the, the, the B Corp thing. And that, and by the way, I see here, you mentioned Patagonia. Is Patagonia B Corp? Because I know they do awesome stuff. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're probably one of the most inspiring brands, I'd say. Um, yeah, very, very much like an activist brand. Um, sort of walk in the walk definitely yeah it's funny i i've had a long long history in rock climbing for 40 years and yvonne chanel one of the original 
great big wall climbers of Yosemite. And he started, you know, his whole company actually Chenard. That's where we bought rock climbing equipment before it was Patagonia and they yeah. were equipment makers, which they eventually sold. I believe it was became black diamond. Their employees took over and they moved the Patagonia brand. And he's been doing amazing things with his company ever since. And, and all along, yeah, we've got to, it's not just about profit. We've got to think about the environment, which is, yeah, I think think all of us need to to um, be thinking that way, and not just profit. And you know, it's interesting. We were actually in our community. We'll talk about that in a minute. Yesterday, somebody posted who was new to the program. He's like, I don't. She well, someone actually posted, and they said, "What's normal profit for a cannabis company?" And then I posted back, <laughs> "Well, if they're doing it correctly, their profit probably is going to be extremely small or a yeah. loss." And you can even look at the publicly traded companies out of Canada. They're losing money hand over fist. Um, but, and then, and then someone posted, well, I don't get it. How can you, how can you operate at a, a loss and, and still, you know, have a cannabis company or whatever. And, and we started talking about kind of the high tech model, uh, many, many startups back in the, I think we all remember the dot-com, but you can look at it. Yeah any of these companies, Facebook or, or Google or um, Amazon just lost money left and right. And so I think with this B Corp status, yeah, a cannabis company, and we talked to business owners about this, you know, if you're building a great product, a great brand, like again, Patagonia comes to mind, um, you can lose money for many, many years and still have a very, very valuable company um, over the long arm. And if you put in that social, B Corp thing. And, and I don't know, I'd love to hear your thoughts on if, if say I'm a farm and I'm a C Corp and I come to you and I'm like, okay, pretend I'm going to donate 1% of revenue. So that's, that's going to be a cost that's going to affect the bottom line. What, what is the total cost in just dollars of becoming a B Corp? Yeah. We want to do good things. Is it two, 3% um, somewhere in there? Cause that might be super reasonable and actually help us build our brand as well as helping the planet. Yeah, totally. Like it's it's dependent on revenue. I'm not sure what, what it would actually be, but one of the go-tos is, yeah, donating 1% for the planet is what they call it. Um, I, I actually love that because it's 1% of revenue, not 1% of net or 1% of something else that you can kind of fluff around with a bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's a commitment and it's, <laughs> yeah, which is kind of brutal, but it also means that, you know, in tougher times, that doesn't drop off like it might reduce because your revenue drops off but there's still going to be that level of commitment there um well, let me ask, but yeah. ask you about that the one percent for the planet because i've struggled with this so we're so my company we actually I, i've been involved you know my wife and i founded a non-profit mentoring program almost 20 years ago that lasted around 15 oh, wow. years um i've been pretty heavily involved with nonprofit work for the last 40 years and whether it's founding charities or donations or whatever. And even my current company, Dope CFO, we're donating um, money as well. And I struggle sometimes because it's like, okay, I want to give to the environment. That's huge. But like in Oregon is a great example. We have so many issues right now, right where I live. 
social equity issues. And we did make a big social equity donation to a group out of LA um, through my marketing team. They put me in contact with them, but we also made a donation here. We have a big homeless population. We had these massive fires where people were, were losing their homes and can't even eat. And so it's like, I'm pulled so many different directions. Um, is there, is there an inclusive or is it just, no, you got to give 1% for the planet to say um, global warming or, or how can you look at that? Cause there's so many groups in need right now. Yeah, uh, definitely. And it sounds like you're pretty, pretty across it. Um, but yeah, that's the thing. Like it, it's really up to the individual business. It's not like you have to, there's a specific list and you have to choose from like five different causes. It's really whatever resonates most with you and your business. So if, you know, that's one thing in one quarter and it's one thing in a different one, you know, it's whatever really resonates with you. And that's kind of the whole point is it's not yeah. necessarily locking people into a, a certain thing. You might be like, you know what, um, there's been a stack of bushfires recently. Um, we really want to support people there. Let's, let's contribute to that. Um, there's even the option to sort of, instead of an actual monetary donation, I think, I'm not sure what the percentage is, but up to a certain percent, you can donate time as well. Okay, so say you're specifically donating time or services, then that can sort of go towards your 1%. Okay, well, that, that's great to hear as well, because, and this can roll into the next question on how do you see this model assisting the huge push in our current social and industry climate to establish social equity? And it's really, states are wrestling with this. And they've, I've been interviewed, I think, Arizona, who's the other state, Boston or Massachusetts. And, and some of the press there saying, okay, they're, they're wrestling around with how do we really incorporate social equity issues into this whole legalization process? I know Illinois completely bungled the idea that, and I think a lot of times a state can actually be going down the right path or they, they get it that it's an issue. They want to issue more licenses, but they don't think through all the processes and it can turn corrupt. And, and there's so many other bad actors out there trying to game the system and like, oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a rich white dude and I'm going to go back this person and help them get a license, but I'm really just trying to backdoor my way in secretly. And so, so give me your thoughts on that because it is a, a very um, big issue right now and an important one. Yeah, it's just, it's so complex. Like I definitely don't even have a good idea of the whole situation, but I see different states having a crack at it. And like what you said, sometimes it works all right and other times it gets exploited. Um, it's actually a little bit like, um, like I'm from Western Australia originally, really resource rich sort of place. Um, hardly any people really. Um, but you have a lot of issues of sort of land so taking land from traditional owners and then there's now a whole thing of trying to incorporate them into, into the businesses. But I see similar things happening where it's, um, they have a specific name for it. It's something about like having, you know, a cloak over the business to make it look like it's some kind of social equity move. But in fact, it's actually just a larger player behind it. Um, so yeah. yeah, I mean, it's good. Super. It's good that it's happening, but <laughs> Well, and it's just the unfortunate thing in our world, like any time anyone does something good, there's someone else trying to figure out. I mean, gosh, nonprofits have been doing yeah. it 
this and churches in America where just like you and when I give any money to any nonprofit, I'll go look at their form 990 and I look into, yeah, yeah, they're, there are charities out there that are pretending they're giving tons of money away and they may be giving a little bit, but they're actually just enriching themselves. So you, you've got to be careful. The other issue I know in social equity and that you brought up time, which is awesome because in my opinion, if you give a license to say a farm license here in Oregon to somebody who's disadvantaged running a farm takes knowledge, people, tons of capital, And, and so we need people that can mentor these people who can also provide capital or else you're just setting up someone doomed to fail anyway. If, if, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's not like just opening up a little shop or whatever. Farming is actually really complicated and, and expensive. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. It's kind of like, um, I mean, it gets used a lot, but it's the classic saying of like, what is it? Teach a man, give a man a fish, feed him for a day, teach a man a fish. Feed him for a lifetime. Yeah, that's, like that. I love that statement. That strategy, as well. yeah. Um, so there, yeah, kind uh, of with that as well. Yeah, like, um, yeah, a big part of it as well is just like what we're saying is the the hype, and there's this is for all industries, but there's a lot of fluff around um, social equity and um, yeah. sustainability and stuff. So that's kind of why I like B Corp as well because it's. You know, it's an independent assessment. You can see it over time. You can compare it between companies. Um, I think that's just from a, even just from a consumer point of view, it's it's like some kind of independent verification that the company's doing what they say they're doing, not just saying nice so words. That, that's what I love about it. And yeah, people, yeah, that are really looking out for that. And how, let's take that. How can you, can you provide examples of your vision for adding it to your services? Um, I know you got some interesting ideas about how you're going to um, dive into a specific niche. So why don't you talk about that a little bit? I know we're hitting 30 minutes, yeah. but I want to, I want to really get this in as well. Yeah, I think um, like, I think there's a lot of, um, especially in, with cultivators, I think there's a lot of people that are, are farming in sustainable ways, regenerative ag- agricultural practices, um, and really sort of giving back to the community, um, looking after the employees. They're, they're people that I want to work with for sure. Um, but then there's also another part, which is just people that may not necessarily be thinking that at the moment, but they're part partly interested. Um, maybe I can just plant seeds there and it's, you know, have you actually thought about looking at, at it this way or, you know, maybe as one of your KPIs, it might be something that's non-financial and, you know, it's much more impact related than um, than financial. So, yeah, there's people who are already sort of doing it, I think, that maybe they could they could verify as a, as a B Corp and it would probably be pretty straightforward, whereas others it might be a real journey. So um, that would also, I think, be super rewarding because if you can get the momentum in the industry, um, it can have a pretty massive impact. Yeah, and so that's... Um... Gosh, I'm I'm looking to this. So the and even I was thinking KPIs of I love that idea too of of non-financial stuff. And then indirectly it comes back to benefit. I mean it's like Patagonia. You get your you yeah. get customers that are just huge believers in your brand. Um and so it's yeah, it's good, it's right, right and good to do the right thing, but actually ultimately it's gonna help you as well. 
Um, because, you know, people see, oh, they're measuring their impact on the water supply or whatever it is. Um, they're using, they're not using pesticides that hurt other farmers or whatever that, that practice is. Because, yeah, it's, it's, there's a lot of um, issues with farming again. So let's transition. Yeah, in. So what we'll talk a little bit about Dope CFO real quick. What made you um, decide to join our program? And I'll even combine these two. And have you enjoyed it so far and helped you building your firm? Yeah, I think um, I realized there was an opportunity, or I thought there was, um, in cannabis and accounting. I think you'd done some good SEO and I typed in cannabis accounting. <laughs> yeah. And um, which is just a shout out to the marketing part of the program, yeah. which is awesome. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it's just, it was, it was everything in mind, like all of that information. It would have taken forever for me to try and find that myself. And I still probably wouldn't have been confident that I was right. So yeah, I really just listened to a couple of podcasts, a couple of webinars. We spoke briefly and yeah, I could tell it was, it was going to be worth the money. Like, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And yeah, I've, I've enjoyed it. It's been super interesting just to, just to learn about the industry and um, it's got a really interesting past. So that along with all the, yeah, the state legalization versus federal, federally being illegal, it's just really interesting. Um, and for me, it's been really good to, the, I mean, one of the, one of the best parts about the program, I think I was put this in a review. It's just, it's the group as well, the Facebook group. Yeah. Um, you really get a feel for like what people are actually dealing with day to day. And if you've got questions, you pop them in there, people are going to answer them. There's just, yeah, there's an absolute wealth of knowledge there. So it's, for me, that was a no brainer because I could learn it, um, yeah. do the course. And then there's certain things that I don't necessarily love doing, like tax returns and <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> some things I'm just not as good at. So it's better for, for me to go into the group. If there's someone who's already trained in cannabis accounting, you know, they're reliable. You can outsource that. For me, that's, that's super important. Yeah. I think that I used to say that allows us to compete with the bigger firms. We can be one person firms and just outsource what we don't want to do. And I do the same thing. Um, at this point, I think the big firms need to compete with us because I don't think there's a deeper, broader group of knowledge in the U S than our, our group of hundreds of attorneys and CBAs and enrolled agents. Um, and yeah, and you never know, like yesterday there was talk about insurance. We talk about all kinds of subjects and it's amazing yeah. the wealth of knowledge. Like two years ago, someone would say, where can you get cannabis insurance? And it was like nowhere yesterday or whatever someone's like what what are the insurance choices and we had like 20 different options that pop up so it just gets deeper and deeper so i agree that's um that's awesome as well um let me see the this is perfect i always try to make these about 30 minutes because we want to get uh, <laughs> not be too long for people we know if they're driving to work or whatever but but get uh, much as as we can as well um you're still, and it says you, you've landed your first client in Australia. That's amazing too, that we can even think about our systems being <laughs> over there. But, but final question, well, a couple of final questions. Is there anything else you want to share or advice that you like to give other accountants that are interested in supporting a more equal, sustainable market? And then after that, I'll give you a chance to kind of say how we can reach you and find you and everything. Yeah, I think if, um, yeah, if you're interested at all in, sort of think about impact or purpose 
um, creating a more equitable market, just start looking into it. Um, there's a stack of resources. It doesn't necessarily have to be B Corp, but if you go on the B Corp website, there's a whole bunch of stuff there. Um, the B Impact Assessment is actually a free tool. So you can go on there. You don't have to pay anything for it. You can just see where you're at. Um, and based on that, I think for me personally, I went through that process and it made me think quite differently um, just about kind of bringing that stuff to the for forefront for decision-making in the business. I think um, it's just a really different way of going about it. So if you're interested, just go on the internet, B Corps, start Googling it, find out. Um, there's a wealth of information out there, definitely. Well, that's all. That's awesome. And um, I'm also on the planning committee for AICPA, who's finally kind of getting behind nice. the cannabis movement. They're having a big conference in November. And when we have our meeting next week, I'm going to just bring up this topic. Can we do maybe, uh, and maybe I'll bring you in if we get the, um, say this would be an awesome topic to uh, have in this two-day conference. Let's talk about B Corps in the industry or whatever, as well as social equity which they've already identified as a big kind of track they want to do. So, so that's amazing. Tell people. So, and by the way, even though you're in Australia, you come to the U S you're in um, Central America as well. Some, where can people reach you? You can serve clients in the U S as well, right? Yeah, exactly. That's um, always been my sort of strategy. So um, I, at the moment I'm just visiting in Australia. It's really funny that I ended up, <laughs> and he contracted with a medicinal cannabis company here. But that's really just from all the knowledge that I had from the program. Um, but yeah, a couple of months' time, I'll be back over that way and in the right time zone. So Greenflower CFO is is the is the firm name. Um, you can jump on Google, just pop that in. It'll come up. Um, on LinkedIn as well, Brad Green, you'll, you'll find me on there. Um, but yeah, really, really pumped to actually get back into the, into the US industry. <laughs> well, that's awesome. I mean... So that's a super easy name to remember, Greenflower um, CFO. <laughs> and they and and your last name just happens to be Green. You didn't change that for cannabis, did you? With that was your <laughs> last name. <laughs> my uh, my current email actually is not for Greenflower, but with this current company is actually bgreened at livinggreenfarmer.com.au. Oh, <laughs> perfect. You could even, if you get really far down the road, maybe you could change your name to Brad Greenflower. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That could definitely be worthwhile. Yeah. Um, no, so that, this has been an awesome call. I just, yeah, these calls we're doing are just, it's amazing. And I love how the niche is just so huge, you know, between, farming and retail labs and all that and then and then the different subsectors of social equity or b corp i talked to carlos uh, he's carving out a niche just serving um again social equity latino groups um so there's just awesome. there's so many um um groups and ways to go so thank you so much for being on here um we will um, have this out very soon and and thank you everyone for listening if you want to find out more about dope cfo you can find us very easily at dopecfo.com and and check us out you can contact us from there as well but thank you everybody for joining and thank you brad for um coming on 
thanks for listening. For more information on our program, what we're all about, make sure you go over and visit us at dopecfo.com. For more tips, industry news, um, updates, you can also follow us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. We have a Dope CFO Facebook group where I also host Facebook Lives every single Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific. Um, We bring a wealth of knowledge about the cannabis and hemp CBD industries to these lives. Uh, Make sure you come with questions as well because every live ends with a QA and a and usually we have a giveaway as well. Um, this Facebook group is also full of marketers, attorneys, other accountants, bookkeepers who can support you and answer your questions. Um, and also you may want to subscribe to our podcast. Um, and finally, don't forget to be dope.